This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. We're two and a half years into this pandemic, and we know it's had a huge impact on our lives in so many ways, but, you know, with PR, us as PR pros and how the media landscape has been sort of changing, especially I've been doing this 17 years You know, it seems like the changes to the media landscape have just accelerated. So we've always been really adaptable. We've always tried to stay on top of the changing rules in PR so that we can help navigate um, and land features for our clients. And if you kind of get stuck in the way that things have been or you mourn the loss of things that aren't as they used to be, you kind of get left in the dust. And we've always had this proactive feeling of trying to figure out where trends are going so that we can stay ahead of them. And of course, now with the responsibility of keeping our community members on top of everything, especially through our programs and through the Pitch Lab especially, we have to stay on top of what we think is happening so we can tell you guys in advance so we can all be ahead of the curve. I don't want to teach you something that's old, that's stale, that's like, oh, you know, everybody's doing that now. We have to kind of see what's happening, you know, forward looking. So I know that even when things are great, everything's humming along normally, it's really hard to secure top tier media coverage for clients. It just, it's more competitive. There's a lot more noise out there. The fundamentals are always going to be important. So great storytelling, ideal timing, like aligning your story angle with the timing that it's completely relevant and timely to be featured in the media. What is your creative idea, your angle? Um, And then obviously valuable relationships with media. And that all combined will help you get a leg up and be successful. And one of the keys to having great relationships with media is mastering all of those other things. So they know that you're pitching them timely, relevant, targeted ideas. You know, having the right the right pitch aligned with the right editor is going to help you build those relationships. So again, those fundamentals are always going to matter. But now the pandemic has all of us as PR professionals rethinking our strategies and having to adapt to a media landscape that looks different and maybe even drastically different than it has before. And so um, we want to really establish the importance and kind of remind us of the importance of media relations. Um, so you, we stay on top of it, stay successful how um, and teach you and remind you how to navigate the changes that have been brought about by this unprecedented time. PR is hard a lot of times. So many people don't understand the value of PR. Um, But during this time, things have changed and PR is even more important and more valuable because um, we are, you know, trying to keep our clients top of mind. We're trying to 
help our clients stay connected to their consumers. We're trying to help get their message out there. People have been, you know, the economy's crazy. People have been a little skittish to spend. Um, I'm going to talk about this reality um, for how it's affecting the media in, in a second. Just kind of my little overview of this. It's um, PR is not just media relations. It is corporate communications, internal comms, crisis messaging, social media management, events. If you have something you're doing to gain visibility through events, whether they're virtual or in person, could be reputation management for a client, investor relations, community relations, influencer partnerships. There's so much more to it than just media um, relations and earned media. And like we've said, and we always say it's ever evolving and it's one of the most, I think, adaptable fields. We are always learning. We're evolving our strategies based on what's happening and what's relevant now. And I think that because of all of these new media ways and the overlap of paid media, earned media, that's traditional um, media features you land as a PR professional, along with your owned channels, though, and, you know, like partnerships where you can align with other brands, more companies are thinking about how an investment in PR, especially through the pandemic, could help them stay ahead of their competition because there's all of those different overlapping areas. Um, we are seeing in our clients more of a hybrid strategy with earned media being like bread and butter, the foundation of what we do, but overlapping with influencer engagement and then now paid media opportunities. I used to feel like those paid opportunities were, um, it was like shameful to present them to clients. They're like, well, why am I paying you if I could just go to the publications and pay to play? Um, not crappy pay to play where it's like, I only charge you if I get a placement, but truly advertorial through the publication, we're negotiating those packages. What does the social amplification look like? What do those emails going out look like? What's the timing of all of this? Those paid opportunities, there's a lot more control. And if that is the ideal aligned target audience, our clients are like, let's do it. You know, we want to reach their audience. We know we'll get some genuine editorial, but we want to control the timing and the messaging, the frequency. Let's pay. So we're managing that for clients. And that is a different approach than I've ever had before. Um, okay, so we are, um, the other thing, the great resignation. More and more people are leaving this traditional, um, let's call it nine to five, but it's never nine to five. They're leaving. A lot of people have loved being home and they're comfortable with a hybrid of part-time back at work and part-time from home. Some companies are requiring their employees to come back all the way back in and they're not happy about that. They realize that they can be extremely productive. It's like, I've known this for 17 years. I've been working from home. I've been really productive, um, really focused when I need to work. I love the flexibility and freedom if I have to run an errand or be at my kid's school. It's like the best possible way to work because you can be really efficient. You cut down on unnecessary meetings. You're just really laser focused. There's not a lot of people obviously popping in to talk to you. You can communicate over Slack or 
you know, some other way, but this is really a great way to work, you know, if you don't mind um, long stretches of time being alone, but it's a nice way to work. Well, companies that are requiring employees to come in, they are not going back because they don't want to be back in the office. So if all of these people in different fields are leaving their companies, their traditional jobs, and they're going out on their own to start their own businesses, there's more opportunity. Uh, PR is going to help them have clients discover these new businesses um, that they're going to come to you with more you know, need for your services. There's power in PR helping people successfully launch their new endeavors. Um, and it's up to us, it's up to you, it's up to me to navigate the impacts of the pandemic, stay up to date with how the media landscape is changing and be successful for our clients. So we put together these notes and I have four ways that we have seen trends working in the new direction post pandemic. But um, more recently, something pretty big has come up and I can't not address it. Um, and so I just recently taught a uh, media um, or a uh, holiday gift guide masterclass. So it was included, if you're a member of the Pitch Lab, all of our masterclasses for that program are included as your membership. But we had some people join us that you know aren't in the program. And so we had, it was really a successful masterclass. We had a lot of people on and we were ready to go. We had our slides going. And then the night before, I got an email. Um, I am on uh, Bryce Gruber's Sharing Ops Substack. So for any of you that don't know what Substack is, so many of your favorite writers and authors and personalities have a Substack. And it's basically you subscribe to their newsletter and they have the opportunity to give you free content and then paid gated content. So Bryce's gated content is great. She is a media insider and she has been working in the affiliate world for at least a decade. And her Substack newsletter came out and it was like a code red situation. Essentially, the trigger was the Fed um, increasing the um, interest rate by 0.75 basis points, essentially higher than we were anticipating. There were some bad earnings from major retailers like Walmart, Target, um, other major retailers. Basically, they stocked up on all of these items that were really popular in the pandemic, things that people wanted when they were home, like appliances for cooking and air fryers, patio furniture, bicycles, um, athleisure, things that are kind of like luxuries and um, their warehouses are full, their earnings were down, and um, they are slashing, slashing, slashing prices beyond what any small retailer could ever compete with. They're selling at a loss because they need to clear out warehouses because warehousing is very expensive and they wanna show cost cutting, which will show more profits and that'll make their stock so hopefully go up because of better earnings for the next quarter. So it's happening really fast. And it's going to start happening this summer. We're already seeing some of it happen. It's just happening across the board. Like nobody's buying Pelotons right now. 
Um, you know, athleisure is no longer like the uniform. People want to kind of get dressed and go out into society, not in their not in their loungewear anymore. So a lot of these things are just sitting on the shelf. And the biggest change in how it affects media is that media are all writing with the purpose of generating revenue through their affiliate links. Okay. You need to understand this. If you represent brands with products, you are pitching something that they need to consider whether it can convert in sales quickly. So they are thinking, will this earn at least $1,500 to $2,000 for this publication through the affiliate link in the next week? Because they are now um, trying to earn money and revenue through this model. Plus, all of these freelancers have fees associated with what they're doing. So story editors, um, you know, print like people that are um, layout uh, editors, people that are kind of tinkering with the story. They all have their sort of hourly salaries. And if they're messing with it for two hours, there's a thousand dollars from the publication sunk into each feature. So at a minimum, they have to cover the cost to produce these features. But more importantly, they want to keep their jobs and they are doing data-driven stories where they're looking at analytics, they're looking at search volume. What are people searching for? What do they want to learn about? What topics are sort of relevant and timely from a data perspective? You know, it's not just like, oh, it's summer. So people are searching for sunscreen. Well, now there's data. They can look at the search volume on Google and see something people are searching for with a search volume of 50,000 to 100,000 searches per week, I think is what they're sort of the sweet spot. And then they know they have a winner. They have something that people will land on if they have enough keywords in the story. And when they land on it, if there is an item that links to an affiliate program, and you all know what affiliate means, it's basically a commissionable link. So they will earn money if they link to it, someone clicks through it, adds that item to their cart, transacts, they're earning money. So they want that link to earn a minimum of $1,500 to $2,000 the first week. Those editors that can consistently do that will be able to keep their jobs because if they are not earning for their publications, they're gone. Um, publications are now completely data-driven in what they're looking to talk about. So you can look in that sense too. You can look at search volume for something that would relate to your topic, your client's product. Does this make sense? It's a little bit different. Rather than something that's compelling and interesting and new and different that they think their readers will like, they are data-driven. They are truly looking at what is converting? What search terms are people looking for? Which editors are driving the most traffic in the shortest amount of time? And it is no longer like tongue in cheek to say, oh, you know, like available on Amazon. The uh, commissions have to be straightforward now. And what Bryce was recommending is in order to compete and secure media features, you need to go to your clients and tell them they have to really significantly bump up their commissions. 
not everybody has the ability to do that. And you don't have to do it for every publisher. It doesn't have to be like influencers and anybody that comes across your share sale gets that bumped up commission. But for traditional media or like digital media, they come to us and they say they want at least 25% commission, which is like, that's bold. But this is what it takes. Um, one of the other things I recommend you do is subscribe to Bryce's Substack because she will talk about trending commissions and what those commissions are. Like from an internal, she's a publisher, she's looking on the dashboard of share a sale or commission junction and say, these products are offering 15% commission. So like, are you in this space? Think about competing because they're gonna write about the product that's gonna earn them more revenue. So that's a major, major change. You know, last year we taught our masterclass on gift guides and we were like, it's really nice to have an affiliate program. Now it is a non-negotiable. That is their directive. Earn us revenue by linking out to something where we will earn commissions by selling it to our readers. And they don't hide the ball on it. You know, most things you read now, most of those lists are commissionable links. And the other thing to keep in mind is they want a minimum cart transaction to be $50. So either that's the item they're suggesting or maybe your client has free shipping at $50 or $75. So people are inspired to put, or they're compelled to put more items in their cart. Those editors are gonna get the full cart transaction um, if you set it up that way. So they want the average cart transaction to be at least $50 for it to make a difference. Um, they have to have good reviews. So this is, this is what is going to inspire them to want to write about your client's product because the reviews are really high. So imagine you're reading the story, you're like, oh, this um, you know, coffee um, frother or whatever, it's $12, people love it. It's like 4.7 stars and there's 20,000 reviews. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna throw that in my cart because it's like a no brainer. So you do that and then you transact or you're at least like cookied for 30 days. So if anybody goes back and buys it, when they clicked on your link the first time, you're still gonna, they're still gonna earn that commission. So having a really affordable product with amazing reviews um, and something they can talk about in a way where it's like, you know, it's sort of life-changing or what did you do before this kind of thing, people are like add to cart. So those factors move the needle. And I will say, we just had a client with a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, well-performing product line, skincare collection. So many great talking points, amazing founder story. We really struggled to land media for this client. And we, uh, we offered her the opportunity to end her contract early because I don't wanna take someone's money if it's just not happening. And the reason why it wasn't happening is because they're barely on Amazon. They are barely on any um, sites with any affiliate commission opportunities. And their own affiliate program through their website isn't really being managed and it's not really built out. So we were struggling because they couldn't really offer the media a way to earn revenue by featuring their products. They had like two key products on Amazon. And for those products, I mean, we, there was like a full page feature on InStyle about this like transformational product. 
one of the two products on Amazon, but otherwise anything else on the collection, we were not getting any traction. And I'm 99% sure it's because the affiliate opportunities were very weak. And we sort of brought it up and the owner of the company, super savvy, amazing woman, um, doesn't like Amazon. And I get it, you know, kind of is also counter to their corporate values, um, you know, just like how they treat their employees and, you know, just the waste and the earth and, you know, all the packaging and whatever just wasn't aligned with their corporate values. So she doesn't want to be on Amazon and I get it, but it did have an impact on our ability to earn them media. So it's no longer a nice to have. It is a must have that you can offer commissions and you should lead with it too. Um, you know, whatever feels comfortable, but you no longer have to hide the eight ball or like make it subtle. You know, now it's like available on share a sale. Um, you know, we can offer an increased commission for media. Like get the discussion going, like let them know. I get the rules of the game and I'm here to play. So let's talk about it so that I can help you win the game too. That's a factor. So that was something we recently added. We talked about it in terms of holiday gift guide. If you're in the pitch lab and you represent products, absolutely watch that masterclass. If you're not, you should join the pitch lab because there's so much good stuff in there, especially that one. It's just like a how-to step-by-step. Um, anyway, so our other ways that the pandemic has changed PR and um, really like proven that the importance of media relations is really here to stay. We see media requiring longer lead times. Really, the media is taking more time to uh, have all of these things kind of come to fruition. So historically, when you were working on a big announcement, maybe you were under embargo, two weeks of pitching lead time from start to finish was actually a pretty good rule to follow. You know, for like newspapers or online features, that allowed enough time for pitching to kind of field the media interest, set up interviews, coordinate those schedules, handle any last minute follow-up questions and any, any additional requests. So that was then. Um, and unless you're representing like a huge, huge company like Tesla, let's say, in the current news landscape, we have learned that media pros will not have to drop everything they're doing and they're already hectic day to cover your news. They just don't have to, you know, it's not like urgent. Um, COVID-19, it stretched out the media pitching timeline. It's kind of created more like a three to four week window at a minimum, um, depending on the outlet or the reporter you're working with. And I know there's situations that are kind of completely out of our control as it relates to timing and other outside factors, but with competition for media's attention, it's like at a fever pitch, right? An all-time high. The more time you can give before an announcement goes live, the better for our all parties involved. And we're seeing the embargo not really using it at all anymore. So it's a little different now. You know, rather than giving somebody like information and an exclusive, it's like media, it's moving so fast, they're just going to write about it. And if you tell them like, wait, unless you're a major player, they're just going to be like, moving on, you know? So think about that. Longer, a little bit longer um, 
window, which is nice. You know, it's a little bit more, uh, it's a less compressed timeline for major news. Um, we, okay, so we are seeing also that exclusives are more important than ever. Pre-pandemic, we noticed that big launches would often be covered in dozens of publications simultaneously. Now we're seeing that the exclusives are more prevalent than ever before. Media exclusives are a really valuable asset because they are giving your clients and us as PR pros the opportunity to have a really unique, in-depth, richer story that they can tell. And on the media side of the equation, since the reporter knows they're the only one getting the news to start, they can spend more time, more resources, fleshing out a richer narrative. It gives them more um, online clout because if something is really newsworthy and they're sort of the only ones that are offering that up, they have something online that will drive traffic that nobody else is talking about. And it'll also help you um, build better relationships with key outlets or a reporter that is critical for your business. It could be in your niche. So it's going to help you establish these great relationships for your other clients or that will benefit your other clients. So it's kind of a win-win situation all around for everyone. Um, so I, I like the idea of pitching exclusives, finding the exact right fit. You know, somebody you kind of have a relationship with that will listen to you and want to create a robust story and understand that it's valuable for them to have something new, newsworthy that nobody else is talking about. Because right now you see it's like people are all kind of talking about the same things and at the same time and linking out to the same products. It's like once they see that something's a mover and shaker and the commission's high, everyone starts talking about it. You're about to see everyone talking about Prime Day and then everyone's going to talk about Nordstrom, their anniversary sale. It's like wherever the money is, that's what people are going to be talking about. So I like the idea of an exclusive go in depth. If you can tie it into some kind of, you know, that like any sort of affiliate revenue, like if it's a launch or something, that's even better. Um, the third thing is the value of trade media we think has increased a lot. So obviously we love New York Times, Forbes, that's like so exciting and something clients love to see. Um, and a lot of times they expect it. So set those expectations. Your client's not going to be in Forbes if they've never been really written up anywhere, but okay. Um, but the bar to secure those features during the pandemic has been set higher and it's a lot more competitive. So depending on what you're pitching, tier one coverage is not always realistic or even the best area to focus on from your strategic perspective. Um, it might not always be the best, the best way to go. There is a whole media world outside of traditional mainstream publications and your client's target audience, the, the people that they want to connect with is likely reading other outlets, things that are more interest focused, um, something that has kind of more of a more narrow scope of what they're talking about. And that can mean that trade media is a really great way to hone in on important on an important demographic that's hard to reach. And sometimes it's a little bit fragmented. So if you have 
something that you want to share and it's a more detailed, complex topic, trade outlets will provide a really great tool for telling those nuanced stories, going a little bit deeper than other outlets because they might find it challenging or they don't have the time to dive into it. So if it's something that's technical, there's some technical expertise, um, or it's like a you know cutting edge innovation, and you know the like science behind it might be a little bit you know over the heads of like a traditional consumer. <clears throat> trade publications will go there. They will get into that nitty gritty because their reader is going to be more inclined to understand it. So reporters at these trade publications are really, truly subject matter experts themselves in the topic they're covering, and they're ready to get into the weeds. They're ready to go deeper than other um, journalists will. So if you want to get those in-depth, more technical, more nuanced stories and connect with a very niche target audience, trade outlets are great to do that. And the fourth one, you know, Zoom is enabling virtual events, and it did enable virtual events during COVID, and we feel that they are here to stay. We are seeing now a hybrid happen. So we know in-person events are back in a lot of cases. Virtual events, they're not going anywhere. Um, we see things from influencer events being held remotely to connecting with media pros in these virtual desk side settings. And we actually created an entire resource and a masterclass on hosting virtual desk sides and virtual events inside the Pitch Lab. We're always, like I said, creating something that is timely and relevant. And if it is not how things are working anymore, we change it, we update it. Um, it's really there to help you hone your skills on things that are happening now that you need to know about. How do you optimize the strategy? You know, there's also like a really supportive community. Um, you know, everything in there is there to help you understand what's happening now in PR, hone your pitching skills. Um, and if you're interested in just learning about it, it's super, super cost effective. Like I can't think of another resource or tool or tech stack you would use in your business that would be as comprehensive and as reasonably priced. And it's like month to month, so no commitment. Anyway, remote events are here to stay. We know that the remote events offer a lot of advantages. Being able to connect with a larger amount of people, bigger demographic, it's a money-saving effort, you know, versus big in-person events. It will also like help with increased accessibility. They um, require thought to make them more engaging which we give you so many ideas in that masterclass about ways that you can kind of, people got sick of it. We, we like listened to certain editors and what they were sick of and what their sort of rules were for virtual events. And we taught to that and we gave tons of ideas. Um, so if you have to be more creative to make your event more engaging, that's probably gonna lead to better results. There's also hybrid events. There might be an in-person component and then for those who couldn't make it, maybe they get a media kit sh shipped out to them if it's a hands-on or a demonstration or like a, for my industry, it's like a cosmetics lesson with the founder or a makeup artist and they'll ship 
the new launch to the people who can't make it live. So they don't feel like they're missing out on like the swag and the good stuff. Sometimes they'll ship a meal, um, you know, or send you like a Postmates gift card so you can order in and, and dine with them. Um, plus give you the media kit and the product samples. So there are ways to make people feel included, plus cool activities you can still do remotely. And a lot of people don't want to go places. They don't want to travel if they don't have to. Um, and they've kind of gotten used to not traveling for events. So they want to be virtual. They're here to stay, do a hybrid event, or um, you know, watch that masterclass inside the Pitch Lab and refresh um, your ideas about the best way to put one on the time we give you a timeline we give you like ideas for activities and activations so um that's here to stay and i would say of all of these things the biggest change is this affiliate need bump up your percentages if you're running it through share a sale and you're in charge of your own commissions through that platform. Let the media know you can offer a significant commission through share a sale. You can get on the phone. Usually we are now dealing with commerce editors. This didn't exist years ago, but the commerce editors are there to earn money for these publications. And that is how they get to keep their jobs. So that's the biggest change. If you're going to compete with the Walmarts and Targets deep slashing your prices in order to get your clients media attention, really try to strongly convince them to cut their um, or to cut their prices and bump up their um, commissions. I know it's not that appealing to them, but if it's going to convert for you media wise or you're going to compete media wise, that's what it's going to take. You guys know that my whole goal is to keep you earning money on your terms, on your own timeline and make you indispensable to your clients. And if things are changing, the media landscape is changing, you're spinning your wheels or it's taking longer to earn media. Um, you know, that's what the Pitch Lab is here to help you with. But it, it happens to, you know, the best of us, but we just keep at it. And the fundamentals don't change. Timely, relevant, targeted angles, great story ideas, great products. Now you want to have them with great commissions, you know, a, a great interview with a really interesting story or lessons learned. All of that is is the fundamentals and those don't change. But yeah, those are the tips I have for you of what's changed um, or the, you know, the importance of media relations and PR for big ways the pandemic has changed. I added a fifth, the fifth one. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, 
say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.